CZ Spears. That's me. Did you see the news, CZ Spears, that your horse, CZ Rocket, might be pointing to the dirt mile? Whatever. Either way, it's a W. I, I can't like him at all in the dirt mile. Two turns? I don't know. I think that's a little bit of uh, trickery slash misdirection slash play action pass kind of thing. I think they're trying to draw out, just try to figure out who's going to be in the race. <laughs> wow. Trying to get people to, to show their hands or hand. Other than the obvious, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, we know one one horse will be in there. Well, yeah, we know two starters in, in both of those races for sure. <laughs> Everybody else is kind of like, I don't know. It was kind of funny, and actually, I um, I, I had Keeneland on or college football or something on when the Bosberg ran, and then I saw people commenting like, like following C ran like he was like the next coming of Groovy or something, <laughs> and I turned it back over and uh, I wound up watching the replay and, and he ran well, but you have to take into the context of. His main rival broke through the gate before the race, right? Um, Frenzy Fire. Baby Yoda's essentially won one good race in his life. And the other horse is a European shipper on the dirt. So, <laughs> like... <sighs> I, I, I get, like, hey, listen, he, he looked good. I mean, I'm not going to say he didn't look good, but... But what are we doing here? Yeah, like, who, who you know. <laughs> What are we beating there? <laughs> you know? What are we talking about? <laughs> Friends of Fire couldn't even get close enough to bite him. Um, I, I just was like, take that race with a grain of salt, really. I mean, I think uh, maybe he's improved. I mean, he's a three-year-old. He, he's supposed to improve, right? Uh, but he got drummed pretty badly by the two division leaders, uh, at least in the, the mile and under for three-year-olds and, and the, the Allen Jerkins. And I think that uh, it's it's really a little uh, a little hyperbole to think that he's suddenly going to be, uh, that Jackie's Warrior is supposed to be afraid of him. Yeah, no, 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 no question. The Jackie's Warrior is ready to take on anybody. And then some. Yeah, yeah. But then I, I also, you know, just thinking about the nonsense, uh, <laughs> saw Latruska in the classic a few times yesterday, and I'm like, why? That's not happening. No. Why would you put yourself in the least advantageous place possible to win millions? <laughs> yeah, it, it makes it makes no sense to run her in the classic. Like, I can't even believe that people that aren't just blind by affiliation or, or, you know, fandom that to think that number one, she she really wants to go a mile and a quarter. Um, Number two, that she really wants to take on the boys. And number three, that she has a running style that everybody else in the race seems to have. Uh, (laughs) While in the Phillies, race there doesn't seem any anybody else in the race that that's got that running style so 
I mean, she she needs to run into this death, and and Fausto Gutierrez seems like he is, uh, you know, sober thinking here and 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 pointing that way. And you know, this horse of the year stuff has got to be just it's just stupid. Okay, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. It means nothing except to the people who own the damn horse. Maybe the you know the the, the stallion owner or something like that. But if she were to be horse of the year, that'd be great. But you know, ten years ago from now, no one would even remember. It's just, it's just like I don't see why people get so wound up about it. And she wouldn't be horse of the year because she, she has no chance in the classic zero. She's not even that fast. I mean, she's a nice horse, but the Monomoy girl on her best is probably two or three lengths better than her. <clears throat> yeah. That's fair. I'm sure we'll get hate mail over that, but that's just the truth. And I root for her, man. I root against her. If I bet against her, I bet root against her. But I, I mean, I, I didn't. I haven't bet the last couple of races she's been in, and no. I'd rather see those guys win than, than you know, some member of the evil empire, right? So, it's just, I just think people get so caught up in streaks, you know, things like that, and. Just don't think uh, right. Their, their their judgment flies out the window, and their sense of you know, like reasonability. <laughs> it's not reasonable for Latruska to run in the classic. No, it makes no sense. <laughs> right. Just like the 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 thought that life is good would run in the classic. Like, why? <laughs> you know? Well, you know that might have been a possibility if he stayed in training. It would have been a possibility in like April, right? But like once April. he came back and he ran in the Alan Jerkins still in seven eighths, and then he ran in a mile race at, at the Kelso. Well, yeah. I mean that's not exactly the, the the classic way to prep a horse for to go a mile and a quarter for the first time in his life, and that's not what you know. That's not how Todd Pletcher trains. So, um, it, it's readily apparent what they're doing, and they're going to the dirt mile, and he'll be he'll be probably four to five in the dirt mile. So. I just don't know why people get all bent out of shape um, when when trainers choose a, and connections because it's not just the trainer. Trust me, it's not just the trainer. But when they choose the proper race, like let's not get mad at them for for choosing the proper race. What what everybody expects them to do, or where it makes sense. Yeah, I mean it's. I'd love to see a rematch between Jackie's Warrior and Life is Good. Um, but that's doesn't make sense at this time and it, it'll probably never happen. But um you know, I I'd love to see these matchups of really good horses, but by the same token, you, you have to run your horse in races that um you know, you can win and the Trushka could not win the classic, and that's just the way it is. I I mean be honest, I'll probably be betting against her in, in the distaff. Yeah, that's that's my plan. She kind of has a little bit of the Swiss skydiver vibe from last year, where she went all over the place and she's danced every dance and she runs hard, really hard. Um, Maybe at some point it takes its toll, and maybe shipping to California, racing over that track, because we don't know what track we're going to get out there. We really right. don't. 
we think we do, but but who knows? You know, who knows? And uh, I wasn't I, honestly, um, I wasn't that impressed with her yesterday. And I know she wasn't, I guess, technically fully cranked up. Um, but she was throwing her head around the stretch a little bit, and I don't know, she just didn't look like the Latruska we saw at Oakland. Or even at Saratoga. The Belmont. The Belmont race. She was... She she kind of... She just laughed at him in that race. But... uh, You know, I don't know what it was because, you know, she had had an easy lead as, as any yesterday and just didn't seem like she had the same punch at the end. Right, and um, and and you know she's going to be champion, uh, older Philly easily. Over there's I, I, I who, don't who, else, who, who else is in the conversation? That's what I said. Uh, this the Twitter like who who would be considered the second best? Right. Yeah, I mean um, she she won like two thirds of all the winning your in races. <laughs> yeah, right. She won them all. Um, like Royal Flag won. As you know, she's won. She's in great form right now. She. She cruised by in the Bell Dame, but she's won, uh, you know, two races this year. One was. Uh, When's the last time Dunbar Road won a race? I think a grade, a grade. I think Royal Flex had a grade two and a grade three win this year. Dunbar Road hasn't won a race since <clears throat> spring. I was gonna say it was been a while. Been a long. Been running good, but just haven't won. Yeah. Anymore. Well, said uh, this was that was the first time she hit the board all year. Dunbar Road. Last so, two. I mean, didn't she? She was fourth in the race. Saratoga. Yeah, she, she reads good in Saratoga, but she was fourth. She was fourth. Okay. Yeah. Why did I think she was third? And Bonnie South is Bonnie does the South. same thing every time. It's too far <laughs> behind and makes a late run and uh... and falls short. It gives everybody a a, a a thrill for about ten seconds. I mean, is 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 Mott's Philly gonna run horologist? Is is she gonna go in, in the Breeders' Cup? Because she is a, she does have, um, she's quick out of the gate, and I mean she does have early speed. Yeah, but she ain't got Nick's go speed, dude. No, she's not running in the classic and in the bend uh, distance. She ain't got Latruska speed. <laughs> Doesn't matter. She's not, she yeah, but she's not gonna let Latruska have a two length lead. No, and that might be the the most important thing for guys like us. Right. <laughs> and I think that's the thing is it's not that um, you have to go head and head with her, but you can't let her get that middle half. Right. That breather. That, that, right. It's, it's like it's almost like a harness race where they go like, you know, like they leave the gate and they go crazy fast the first quarter. And then the second quarter is three seconds slower and the third quarter is, is slow, too. And then they sprint home. That's kind of what Latrushka's done all year. She's she's got to the lead and then she's kind of eased away and and there's no pressure placed on her there's no one it's you know pushing her into the final turn she's just going at her own cruising speed and and she's pretty damn tough to beat when when you give her the lead like that but um you know the breeders cup always is is, is a different story i mean nobody's pointing for the next race everybody is there to win and uh and we'll see what happens yeah, it should be fun. I mean, I saw I saw a few tweets about everybody, you know, 
given their early Breeders' Cup picks, and it was all chalk. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, when does that ever happen? Never. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no. I mean, it's not impossible by any means, but. No, it, but. I mean, we're, just think about, like, the two-year-old turf races, right? They're 14 horse fields. <laughs> and Del Mar is, like, you know, a little bit of a narrow course. Right, tight, yeah. You know, you're going to put 14 two-year-olds, and you draw post one or post 14. Oh, and just the, the amount of, um, if you don't have tactical speed to get away from the fray, you know, it's going to be uh, tricky. And, you know, you're dealing with a lot of horses with two and three and four lifetime starts. So it's uh, it's really tough to, to try to figure those races out until they draw the race. I, I just don't. And even know. then, I mean. <laughs> and we don't even know what's really coming yet, right? I mean, I'll be honest. I, I haven't, like, been. Uh, I'm, I'm not like some of these people who uh, get up at <clears throat> six o'clock in the morning to watch uh, the two-year-old maidens from. Doncaster, so I, I really don't even know who's who <laughs> coming from Europe yet. I mean, it's it's not that hard once you figure out who's coming to look their races up. Um, but I, I guess, you know, you, you got the dirt mile where you have a prohibitive favorite. You have the sprint where you have a prohibitive favorite. It looks like the distaff is going to have a prohibitive favorite. Um, so those three races are... are are really kind of it's hard to say who's the second best horse in those those are those classes right i mean the distaff the one thing about the distaff is i mean it figures to be a great betting race because there's got to be about seven or eight fillies or mares that you say hey on their day with the right trip they could upset this field i i think so but it it seems like the betting is not going to go that way just from the buzz and, you know, or the hype machine, you know, it's almost like like uh, the NBA draft where, where guys get selected higher than they should because of the hype machine. Um, Kevin Knox. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Saratoga, Dan, you don't need to, uh, to, to just every time Kevin Knox makes three shots and they, it's news to, to tag me on, on Twitter and. <laughs> the Alfred Payton thing. Man. See, I appreciate that because I don't really pay attention to Kevin Knox. Well, who, no one does. Kevin Knox's mom doesn't even watch his games anymore because they don't play. But Mark Jackson saying that Alfred Payton deserves credit last year. I'm like, for what? For being bad? Like what? It's awful. What are you talking about, Mark Jackson? That's like a, it's a, Mark Jackson. Maybe maybe you should work for one of the racing networks. Yeah, what are you watching, dude? <laughs> what games were you looking at, bro? I know there was. I there, can't there, remember. There, there was had a good game last. There was year. some. Uh, there was some uh, analyst angst today with the sanity to pick four and pick five. <laughs> oh man! And some of the tickets put out by the people. Oh. The single, all, all single. No. <laughs> oh my God, for real? I didn't see that. Single, all, all single. No, you can't do that. And then the first, the single, the first leg lost. <laughs> oh, that These hurt. People are getting paid to do this. <sighs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, man. What's that old saying? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to butcher this. Bro. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fool me once. Oh, yeah. You're going to be like, I, I, I almost said it and I wasn't going to jump the gun. With, like, with, uh, these, with these, with these quote-unquote talents picks on the air, we're at about fool me 3,427 times. You know what's crazy is I, I think they didn't anticipate that when they decided to, you know, do such a thing is that if they're not giving good information, people are just going to clown them and just dismiss the whole thing. So it, it any value which or little value that it did have is absolutely gone and goes in the opposite direction. You know what I mean? So, it, it, you know, it's like now it's it's like become a sport to, to kind of clown the, the, the picks of on-air talent. It's uh, And there's there's no shortage of, of fodder for that type of stuff because you get it, you know, Thursday through Sunday. <laughs> you know what I don't understand is why does everybody get mad? Well, I don't get mad. Not you, but the people, oh. you know, that are putting these things out. Like, instead of getting mad, why don't you just say, you know what? What are they trying to? Why right. are they saying this? Let me think about this a little bit. This is this <laughs> is a a random person on the internet who I don't know, who you know isn't shooting for my job or something like that. Doesn't personally know me, but I mean, in the end, it's it's a math equation, right? And they're just trying to point out the error of um the your equation so wouldn't it be more advantageous to say hey let me look at what they're saying and try to uh maybe maybe you know adapt my plays and learn from them that's that that, that that's, doesn't seem that's something happen. that you know i'm not saying you have to acknowledge it and say oh thank you for you know shaming me into like making better selections and that's not or better you know ticket structure but well, I mean, personally, yeah. I mean, this is a game of winning and losing, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but egos get in the way. Yeah, but don't people get tired of losing? That's what I would think. I'd be like, hey, let me read what I'm doing here. <laughs> like, you see, guys, like they'll, they'll be touting their um, their ROIs and stuff, and like, who cares? Like, nobody cares, right? Like, nobody cares about your fancy football team. Nobody cares about your college football picks except for us because we just watch the games to to make fun Stop of them. all over. <laughs> um, but it's it's very strange. It's, it's very because like I, I and I guess people are all different, right? But but I'm never putting any tickets out there. I don't care if I win. If I if I if I do something um, brilliant and I, and I cash a ticket, well, who cares? You know, like. I don't expect people to like say, "Oh my God, you're the smartest," you know, blah blah blah. I, I mean, I just no, I can understand every once in a while, you know, to to kind of share in the. If in you the... hit, listen, if you hit a hundred thousand dollar pick six on a on a forty eight dollar <laughs> ticket, you know what? I have no problem with you guys with, with with someone that would take a bow for that. Hey, you know what? That's awesome because that's, but it's like the constant posting of tickets. Um, constant. That's the thing. Like every once in a while fine you know i mean that's cool and if you're, you're listen and if you're a guy you're selling uh something right all right I, I get why you're doing it that's fine that's marketing 
you know, that's, that's all that is. And, and it, it is what it is. And, but, um, I don't know. I just, to me, it's just, uh, I mean, my reward is when, <laughs> when I cash that ticket, <laughs> <laughs> when I look at that account and that, that thing starts going up or I mean, that, that to me is the reward. Like, yeah, I was waiting for my reward on, on Friday night. I know, man. No, the, the Aussies are, are, are messing with you. I can, bro. I told Barry, me Barry texts me, and he's he's like <laughs> sweeping the card at like one of those funky Australia B tracks. Oh no, it was Randwick, right? It was a big. It track. was Royal Randwick. Yeah, my it was Randwick. And, and then he he texts me back <laughs> later, and he's like, "Dude, they're not gonna pay me for like maybe till tomorrow." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, like uh, there's like this huge delay in and in, in, in paying paying out. Yeah, they told me, hey, um, they're always late, so sometimes they have problems with their tote, so it could be an hour. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? And I and know yet you can take like a while. I know it takes a while. Uh, why I don't know, but I know it does. You but... can bet up to like 15 seconds before the, they they leave the gate. <laughs> Seriously, and they're they're how how far away? <laughs> yes, it doesn't, money doesn't come back quite as fast. It's even the next day over there. Well, it is tomorrow, right? It's like you can see into the future. Betting into the future, bro. It's always sunny there. Ever notice that? No, it hardly rains, but when it rains, it it, it goes buck nutty, and everything canceled. Like they had some rain, like. A few months back, and they canceled for like almost two weeks straight. Most of the tracks just couldn't handle it. I'd like to go there. Yeah, I would definitely love to go there. Good day, mate. The weather's like here. It's like weather's tropical esque, like Florida. So you wouldn't have any problems in that department. It's a long flight, though. Yeah, it's like 15 hours or something. At least, depending on where you're going, bro. It's rough. That it is. So, um, there was a race at Saratoga on the undercard of the Travers that just <clears throat> kind of like completely got forgotten about. Because, I mean, it was just, um, you know, the one thing that these tracks do when they stack these stakes up is uh, they, they do take races that formerly were, were feature events and, um, you know, are, are big races on their own. And they, they kind of reduce them to a, like the B-side, right? <laughs> and I bet Rock Emperor in the Sword Dancer... Oof. And he was a really good price. And he just got this tripped and I read Ortiz just kind of like, I, he was all over the track. And, and I, honestly, I thought he might have wanted to go to the lead in there. Um, and he didn't. He went way. He wound up, he wound up, you know, behind Channel Maker and uh, the other horse who was, who was out there setting the pace. And he looked like he was sitting third on the inside, which, which normally at Saratoga, going that long is like the, the perfect trip, right? And all of a sudden, going to the half, I read 
yanked him out to like the four path. And he was wide the rest of the race. And he actually got passed in the stretch and came back. Yeah, he came again. Yeah. <laughs> and only got beat two lengths. And after the race, I was like, I know I'm like the only person here that bet this horse. No. Like the most bizarre like ride. And as it turns out, they, they took the blinkers off. And um, you know, he's been working well without the blinkers, working with bricks and bricks and mortars. <laughs> working on bricks and mortars. Um, working with domestic spending and <clears throat> and it was a real nice fifteen to one was was a really good price on him because if you watch that race, um it it was really a, a very odd trip and the horse ran really, really well to be fourth in there and only only got beat a couple lengths because he had three or four lengths of trouble easy. He only got beat lengths so 15 to 1 was very very nice on uh on saturday oh yeah the old i ran off angle yeah i ran off he had cross cross border in there he was you know saratoga horse japan it was basically like the same field almost yeah arc lows arc low channel maker who i'm not even gonna make fun of him anymore Gufo, who's, you know, Gufo is one of those horses that he looks great when he circles the field and runs by everybody, but... It doesn't happen often. No, it's hard to do. And, um, I mean, honestly, I, I don't think any of those horses are going to make a real big impact in the turf, but I'm sure a couple of them will be in there. Yeah, they that wasn't a great group. <laughs> To say the least, none of them are. The, none of the U.S. horses are good, so it's it's another really bad year for U.S. turf horses. We just can't leave off the the A.E. at a billion to one. He was terrible. Oh, I knew he was going to be bad. That, that horse hasn't run good all year. No, we we were against him. We were both against him in that spot, and um. He, he didn't. He did not run good. He he ran poorly. I would imagine, unless they have some excuse for him, um, that's not like a you know bad injury of, of some sort. That he won't be. Uh, he won't be trying to. Uh... It's just so wild because when he won last year, he didn't look that great either. <laughs> he had no form last year, but none it wasn't even that he had no form. It was he was racing in ungraded races i mean it wasn't even strong and that's why he didn't get in initially because he just you know he wasn't even running in good races this year he's he's, he's been running in good races but finishing third a lot <laughs> he, he was he was not good i mean he finished last mm. um you know he yeah, just didn't have much I, I don't think much of that field to be honest with you um that's what makes that in performance like doubly awful because <laughs> it wasn't a great group. Yeah, even on on his not quite on his best, he should be in, in the <clears> right around three or four in there. But uh, you know, clearly something happened, something's wrong. And hey, you know what, Paul Lobo knocked him out. He 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 won with his second best horse. Um, it was a kind of a nice horse in love. He's just kind of finding his form. He's a gelding, which means he'll be around as long as he stays sound and. Uh, Alex Ashard. Alex Ashard looks good when I whenever I watch him. I don't ever see him ride that much, but 
No, why doesn't he ride on? Why isn't he riding on a bigger circuit? That's a good question. He doesn't make mistakes. The the few times that I've seen him ride, he doesn't make too many mistakes. No, I loved blowout in the the first lady. Yeah, now you tell me. She got there. I told Craig on his on the DRF show. I know. Said, Man, I listened to it and I I was like, that's, that's my. I, I didn't. I I wasn't. <sighs> I, the Jamie Spencer. Sometimes, like, how often do we say it? Jockeys a lot of times get too much of the blame when horse loses, and too much of the credit when the horse wins. And sometimes they're just too much of a factor in people's handicapping. But the Jamie Spencer effect is in full effect. <laughs> you cannot bet him. No, there's at there's, a short price. Yeah, you there, there's not take price. him in this. He is uh, he, he's like somebody put a stat out um on him on Saturday or Friday. He's like four for sixty seven over the last like 10 years or something in the US and he's not like this isn't like this guy's picking up some you know 20 to 1 shot in the last race because yeah. uh, this other guy called in sick this guy's flying over for these horses he's intentionally coming here and and uh you know to to be 4 for well now 4 for 68 i mean that's brutally bad i remember right after the 2014 breeders cup Joel Rosario went into the worst slump of all time for about five months. Maybe even longer than that. And you couldn't bet him. And I, it was like unbelievable because I'm like, this guy is too good to be doing this. Either he just mentally checked out because that year in 2014, he had a hell of a year up until the last part. So after the British Cup, which was October, I think, the end of October, he just just couldn't do the right thing. Like, every decision he made was the wrong one. And that happens, and you got to avoid jockeys like that. That's the only time I'll really avoid a jockey, is if they're in a, a prolonged slump, which they can't seem to find their way out of. Other than that, I would rather them kind of be nondescript or, you know, the guy that nobody wants to bet because those are the ones that ends up winning and paying money when they do come in. But yeah. I hear you. I, I, I was just, you know, I, I, I respect, I'll, I'll quit this whole, you know, and Charlie Appleby has obviously been lights out this year, but. Well, maybe he was the only one that wanted to come at a, at a short price, man. At a short price. He should have yeah. got Alex at charge or outdoors. Yeah. But um, and she ran good up, Althiko. I mean, she she did. She got checked like four times. And I don't know that she would have caught uh, Blah or even Regal Glory. No, Regal, Regal Glory ran really well. As a matter of fact, I thought Regal Glory had him win. I thought, I thought the six was going to go by him. Yeah. You know what's funny? I noticed something. The previous race, um. That was the uh, TCA America, the uh, sprint race that Bell's the one one for the great Neil Pesson. They were out, you know, because Keeneland does the uh, winter circle presentations on the turf. Mm -hmm. And I noticed when they were doing that presentation that the, 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 the track had the rollers out. And huh. 
you know, they were going up the stretch with the rollers because there had been some um, moisture, huh? Yeah, there had been some rain, and uh, like, there's nothing better <laughs> than you like a speed horse on turf race, and they they crank the rollers out right before your race because uh, that, that's that's a good thing. The highway, <laughs> the pool. And I just happened that... to notice it because I was watching the winter circle presentation because I, you See? never know what. Pays. You never know what Pessing's going to do. He might put the trophy on his head or something. So, I actually thought Blowout was going to be a longer price than that. Yeah, she was eight to one on the morning line, but that was kind of a. Uh, that was kind of a. I, don't know, I, I, I thought she was about the price she was going to be. I'll be honest. I, I thought five to one was about where she would be. But I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, I mean. If it weren't for blowout, I think it would have been an, one of the top five days I might have had at the track. I'm sorry. But that happens. Uh, speaking of Bell's the one, she ran well. Um, I was a little concerned about her cutting back to six furlongs. But they kind of set up a faster pace than, than I was expecting. Man, it was picture perfect. <laughs> and, 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 um, <clears throat> you know, who I thought really ran good in that race was Club Car because she oh, was up close early. She kind of backed out and she kind of had trouble getting to getting outside. And then when she did, she was running at the end. Running. Yeah. Almost kind of, you know, just just some bad racing luck, I think, you know. Yeah. Had all the horse. But in the midst of Biz and Frank's Rockette and um, you know, even Miss Mosaic got into it. And, uh, I mean, Bell's the one's a classy filly. She's a nice – she's just a nice horse. And, and Lannery kept her close enough where, you know, he wasn't going to let her get too far behind. And, and she – she wasn't exact. I mean, listen, if the race was six and a half, Club Car was making a nice run, uh, but it wasn't, and and uh, she held on, and and I guess they're going to uh, they're going to go to um, California with her and take a shot. I, I wouldn't be afraid of Gamma. I was going to say, why not? Boy, Gamma's looked her last few, and I know, you know, she's had the the issues with the foot, and um, I'd take a shot. Why not? I mean. How often do you get fillies like that? Well, yeah, I mean, the running style, at least you can think you're going to get a piece if not win it, you know? Yep. That's not a loss. <laughs> not with a horse like that, you wouldn't think, but you never know. Uh, the Woodford Golden Pal with the re-break. Oof. Did not look good at all. No, he looked down. I thought, I thought my, my boy, a striving kid, was going to get up and then Golden Pal just like had another gear, and I couldn't bet him at one to two, and I'll probably bet against them in the <laughs> right in the race four to five in the in the race at Delmar. But it does speak to maybe he likes it super firm, and if he gets a firm course like that at Delmar, he may just do like what he did <laughs> the last year. He might, but I don't think I'll be playing him. I don't know. It's he's tough, and you know he's going to be 
three to five ish. He's gonna be a short price. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a surprise if he won. It really wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. But I, I, I just wouldn't feel confident. <laughs> definitely a horse you would want to try to take a shot against in my opinion yeah i agree no doubt about it uh we don't have much left um you know graded stakes wise uh come out this the qe2 is this this weekend <clears throat> at keeneland uh three-year-old fillies on the turf uh I think Army Mule might take a shot in there. Not Army Mule, Army Wife. Whoa, I was going to say. We're... Yeah, Army Mule, Mule would <laughs> be eligible. But, um, oh. yeah, Army Wife might be trying to turf in there. Interesting. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. But it, it's going to be a little bit of a quiet period. I mean, it always is. The yep. weeks leading up, everything has been stacked into these cards the last few weeks. And, um you know, the Breeders' Cup has really changed the fall. Um, I'm not going to lament it. It's just it's changed. It's changed the fall. and it's Yeah, I remember the October. whole like at Belmont in the fall was spectacular. It, it really has turned the second half of October and the first half, you know, the first half and three weeks of November into really quiet times for, for good horses because, um, you know, everyone's pointing to the Breeders' Cup. And it's just the uh, yeah, just the way it is. And the Breeders' Cup is great. I mean, it's going to be a uh, it's always a great card. There's full fields. There's tons of bad favorites. And I mean, you know, if you can't get excited to bet the Breeders' Cup cards, then you shouldn't then be playing this game. You shouldn't be listening to this podcast or that either. Yeah. Not that we mind, but. No, you can still listen. We're not going to ban you. This isn't a, a ban. We're not going to block you because uh, you, you, you consider us a personal attack. <laughs> what is wrong with people? The guy puts a post then, and, and he's a well-meaning guy. He's a nice guy. And he's he really wants the right thing. He puts a post, uh, puts a poll up on Twitter, and it was a very poorly worded <clears throat> poll because he says he gives you two options. Well, he actually gives you one option. He gives you yes or no. He says, "Should violations of legal medications be penalized the same as?" or illegal non-performancing enhancing medications be penalized the same as performance enhancing illegal medications. And if you didn't say no, then I just don't know what to say to you because, and I know where he was going with it because he kind of stated it later. What he really meant to say, what he should have said was, uh, repeated violations of legal medications, not violations of medical of, of legal medication, because essentially you're taking um, the one thing that that 
an illegal medication, an illicit medication, medication is absolutely positively not allowed in a horse. It can't be a mistake. The groom didn't switch the buckets and the vet didn't give this horse the shot by mistake. It can't be used. So there is intent. There is intent. There is intent to break the rule, period. And if your horse has a torphine in it, okay, a torphine is elephant juice. And I don't know why, and I'm not a scientist, and I can't tell you why, but supposedly it's an elephant tranquilizer used on giant animals, elephants, rhinoceroses. And if you give a little tiny minute dose of it, it makes horses run like crazy. <laughs> like they run through anything. It's a hop. It's like the greatest hop that ever was. And in the, the late 80s, early 90s, there was a big scandal about this. And I remember there was a trotter, a really good trotter. And he, I think I told you the story before. He came from, uh, he was actually a pacer, but he came from Chicago, the Chicago circuit in the, in the 80s. And this is when the Chicago circuit was, was still, was kind of like the thoroughbred circuit, was still really well respected. It was, it was good horses out there. But New York was um, the mecca of, of, of harness racing at the time. And Pretty big connections bought this horse. This horse had won like six, seven, eight in a row out in Chicago. And they brought him to New York. And they trained him a couple times. And, of course, trotters and pacers, I mean, they're different. They they do tremendous amounts of work compared to thoroughbreds. Um, and I guess they trained him a couple times. And he didn't, he didn't really show a whole lot, right? <laughs> so they're like, well, maybe, you know, he just needs the lights on, right? And so they put him in this race. He's got one of the top drivers. He goes off like. Two to five. He's got like, like seven, eight, ten wins in a row, right? And he runs last. <laughs> <laughs> he he runs just like he he uh, he had trained, like just shows nothing. So change equipment, change the shoes, do this, do that, blah 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 blah. Run him back, nothing. <laughs> this happens three or four times. The horse just shows nothing, and and of course everybody's embarrassed because you know they spent. Pretty good money on this horse. This is six figures back when you didn't see people spending six figures for for harness horses. And uh, at some point, they the owner called up um, the trainer who had the horse previously and said, "Hey, um, we can't get anything out of this horse. Like, uh, we just don't even want him. Like, what do you, you know, how much?" Name the price, and then you can have him back. And I guess the guy, I, I don't remember all the details because this was a long time ago, but he offered him like a quarter of what <laughs> they had paid him. So the guy was like, yeah, done. You know, they send the horse back out to Chicago. Two weeks goes by. Horse races goes back in, in, in the box out there. Zoom. Wins <laughs> five, six, seven in a row again. You know, just like clockwork. So years later, Years later, the trainer, um, I think the trainer used the job, the, the driver who had been riding him and said, you know, use the drive this horse so-and-so, you know, what the hell? I, I couldn't get the horse to go forward. And the guy laughed and he said, well, yeah, they, they wound up getting caught. The trainer, they, they were giving that horse a torphine, elephant juice. And, and without it, he was like, you know, just a horse and with it. 
he was the best horse around. <laughs> and, and it just goes to show you, like, people talk about, about like, oh, my God, this guy's got a, you know, butte violation, this violation, that violation, ammo car. Like, those things don't really do anything. All right? They're not really performance enhancing. And I don't, 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 don't debate me about butte. You don't know shit about butte if you don't train horses. I, I'm not saying that horses should be giving butte. 24 hours out or even 48 hours whatever the rules are rules are but you cannot treat these these drugs the same <clears throat> it's an anti-inflammatory i know everybody hates peter miller and i agree if you have 12 violations a year of class threes or fours or fives you should be penalized far more severely but you cannot in a sane person cannot say that a, a therapeutic legitimate medication, and that doesn't mean it's a painkiller. There are other medications other than painkillers. Painkillers are maybe five you percent know, of of the drugs that exist. There's allergy drugs. There's drugs for bleeders. There's drugs for um, all different kinds of issues that horses have. Horses, the fillies and mares tying up is probably one of the, the most difficult things to deal with. And the medications used for that are not going to make the horse run 20 lengths better. <clears throat> you cannot penalize the you cannot penalize those people that unfortunately get a positive for those because there was no intent. No one wants to get a positive for that. No one's trying to break rules. And and are there guys that push the envelope? Yes. There are. I'm not saying that. But to think that we should penalize a therapeutic medication, a legitimate medication, uh, I, I, versus a torphine or, or, or a class one frog juice or something like that, you got to have rocks in your head to think that the, those two things are, are equal to each other. And that was the question asked, period. Should you, or should the sanctions be the same for violations of therapeutic medications versus performance-enhancing medications? Seems like such an easy thing to get straight. But I, I understand the whole, you know, how everything gets convoluted between states. And, you know, if everybody was even on the same closer to being on the same page with everything, then you'd have less of these things and the fans would actually know betters would know. The people in the business don't know. No, there, there was a situation I cannot. And listen, people talk to me. I talk to a lot of different people, right? And, and I, they talk to me in confidence. They know I'm not going to go out and tell them, put their name on the street or, or, you know, say things that I, <clears throat> You know, things are told me in confidence, stay in confidence. But there's been a situation in a state where the lab is screwed up. There's no other explanation other than the lab is screwed up. And thankfully, they seem to have figured that situation out. And the people who were, you know, unwittingly dragged into this, despite following the rules, 
one hundred percent. It's not even the rules because when you tell me, well, this is a suggested withdrawal time. Just because if you give me a suggested withdrawal time of forty eight hours and I give the medication seventy two hours, it still could be positive. The time matters, but it's not a speed limit. It's a suggested withdrawal time, and horses are all different, and weather, uh, you know, the, the different metabolism uh, between them, uh, the difference, how many times they've gotten that particular medication, what other medications they might have taken. There's a lot of different variables. But that's the thing is like in your lust to get rid of Peter Miller or Joe Sharp or a guy that's got, you know, these guys that have multiple violations that always seem to be in, in, in trouble. You can't take out the people that are doing everything they can to follow the rules and just happen to get caught up in that. And you can't just say, oh, well, we're going to pick and choose. And I agree that if you have three and four and five positives a year, then there should be a, you can't get five speeding tickets in a year. They take your license. There should be some kind of cumulative um, penalty system. And, and hopefully the federal government, CISA, or quasi-federal, whatever the hell the HISA is going to be, takes that into consideration. Because the way it is now, in a lot of states, they don't take into consideration positives in other states, which is just, you know... Maybe that, that's where the law gets in the way, the legalities sometimes versus the common sense. But that's one of the things that Baffert's been very good at is delaying these things so that he can, <clears throat> like he went with Gamine and they were dead to rights. They knew it. And... um they took their penalty and the Arkansas issues that happened months and months and months earlier, they weren't taken into consideration when Kentucky gave out the penalties for gambling because they hadn't been adjudicated yet. So officially nothing had happened, even though there was violations, um, and it becomes a timing thing, right? So because those hadn't been ticking, he got less sanctions for gambling than he should have had the, the other thing. As it turns out, Arkansas had screwed everything up. So that's just the case. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm sick of talking about Baffert anyways. But I, I was just using him as a point in, in case where you have two different states and you have violations and one state isn't able to use the violations in another state in giving their penalties, which is wrong because I mean, <laughs> that's the, one of the things that HISA should be able to fix. Uh, uh, a penalty is a penalty is a penalty. It doesn't matter which state it's in. And, um, you know, if you, if you get your license pulled in, in New Jersey because you got three speeding tickets in three months, you can't go to New York and get a license. They don't say, oh, we, we don't pay attention to Jersey's uh, speeding tickets right so that that should be a, a an improvement if, if this thing ever gets off the ground but um but we have to remember that most trainers are not trying to do anything wrong and at a lot of positives 
Um, and, and the person who's surprised the most when they hear about it is the trainer. And we're not talking about the Vitalis of the world or guys that when you look at the record, they have, they have violations every single year. There's a bunch of them. We're all sick of them people. And yes, there should be something that, that, that happens um, harsher, that, that they're dealt with in a, um, in, in a far more serious way. But you cannot, you cannot equate a class four medication and a class one or a class two. You just can't because they're, it, it's like giving the person a speeding ticket or giving a person a DUI the same penalty. And that's, <laughs> that, that, that sounds insane, right? But that's, that's, that's what you're trying to do. If you want to block me, I don't care. <laughs> Shunned like you're one of the Amish. This may sound messed up, but I get tired of when people throw like links at me. <laughs> you know, like I'm trying to say <laughs> if it's out there, some study that was done in Australia that, you know. It's all context. Context. Even synthetic tracks. Horses break down less on things synthetic tracks, right? It's a fact that the, you go through the numbers, it's less. But in the grand scheme? How much less? How much less? How much less? I don't know. Well, that that was, you know, a, a question that keeps going through my head when I th- think about, you know, when when the synthetic tracks were all the rage and California went completely synthetic and, um, you know, they they just had so many problems that it wasn't worth it, and they switched back. So it's it's like, well, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, why are we investing all this money into something that I guess technically is safer, but is it really making that much of an impact or difference in the long run? And it seems like everybody in the sport deemed that it wasn't other than, you know, the select few. Well, one of the problems that people who don't bet don't understand people that bet, and that, that's, that's been an industry problem basically forever. And one of, the, um, one of the speed figure makers today pointed out how glacially slow <laughs> that Goldstream is. Like, Visually it's slow. <laughs> 24 second quarters going five and a half. <clears throat> I mean... That's just hard to watch, and it's just not. Um, it's just so far different. And maybe it'll tighten up with with rain or use or I don't know. But yeah, I think, the, I think the 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 three track thing is just 
it would be great if you had a massive amount of horses. Right, three tracks worth of horses. <laughs> right. And you got kind of one and a half and you're splitting them up. Yeah, I think I think that's I think racing executives have to start to realize that no matter <laughs> it's not really what they do. It's not really what they do over the next five or ten years in terms of um, you know, synthetic track or this or that. If they don't start working on getting the horse population higher at their track and not just take from another track, right? Because you might take from another track, but the other track might wind up taking back from you. That's not the answer. The answer is is to 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 make a bigger pie, to take the medium pie and, and, and make a big pie instead of a medium pie. And uh, I still don't see anybody thinking about it. Or yeah, talk about I mean, it. it's I, bizarre I don't doing anything about it. It's so strange that the the tracks don't understand that relationship between the horses and how many and what their product looks like. I mean, they're, you know, like those memes <laughs> where like, uh, you know, like Spider-Man pointing at each other or the one where, <laughs> where there's, you know, like uh, over the top where the guys are shaking hands. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it, they're one in the same. And I, I, it just, it's bizarre to me that the tracks don't have more of a vested interest in trying to stimulate that, that horse population to the max. I mean, I, I've I've hardly ever seen a track mention it. Don't they don't, and that that's that's something that that baffles me because it's a threat to their bottom line, right? I mean, you would think that a threat to your bottom line as a business <coughs> would be something that you would, um, at the very least, you would acknowledge. And acknowledge by saying, "Hey, we're studying something. We're 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 coming up with a plan to try to stimulate horse ownership." Or, um, but I haven't seen any tracks do it yet. Maybe they're doing it and just not publicizing well enough. Maybe I, you know, it's just not coming across. But well, that's that's just this is the, you know, <laughs> you know? your product. This, these are the things that if, if there's less horses to bet, you know, to, to run, then the betting handle will go down. I mean, it's not that uh, they deal with horsemen, right? They have contracts with horsemen. They're partners with horsemen. So and the horsemen's groups are, are the same, but the horsemen's groups are, are not. And this is what people fail to realize a lot of times. You cannot equate a horseman's group with a racetrack. A racetrack is an actual business. A horseman's group is a group of volunteers for the most part. They usually have two, three, maybe four employees at the most, at the most. And one of them is usually a secretary or someone that sits at the front desk or the, or the chaplain or you know, someone that's not actually dealing with the, the business end of, of horse racing. And we have to try to figure this out because between the breeders and the racetracks and the horsemen, um, 
there's got to be a, a, a push to try to get more people to invest in racehorses. Because if you don't get that done and your population keeps shrinking, this is not something other sports have to really deal with. No, definitely not. <laughs> right? Like, there's not college football that isn't, like, you know, even <laughs> though it's, it's, it's consolidating, right, and the big conferences are getting stronger, it's not as though the NFL is at any point going to say, where are we going to get players from? Hell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we're going oh. to we're start getting old guys to play, you know? The people um, population is, is just going down. You know, like, <laughs> and that's, that's the thing is that this is a problem. It's a big, big, big problem. Um, I mean, I guess you could look at baseball, right? Look at the 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 surge of uh, Latino baseball players. I mean, sometimes some of the teams, uh, like the White Sox, uh, like two thirds of their team are are Spanish. You know, guys that, that come from other places that Spanish is the first language, not English, right? So, baseball changed, and and there's not a lot of, um, you know, the American number of Americans in baseball has, has dropped pretty dramatically, but it shifted, right? It, it just kind of shifted, but they're, they're not running out of players. Like for us, we're, we're literally running out of horses. Um, and as you get more conscious of soundness issues, which is a good thing. I, I'm not never going to criticize that. That that's a good thing. We, there's horses that shouldn't be running on racetracks now virtually every day. Not just like the one at Belterra a couple of weeks ago, which was a disgrace, an absolute disgrace. If you're related to, if you have any, any kind of connection to the racing department at Belterra, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, that was rough. You, and I, I'm sick of hearing about, well, there's nothing against the rules. Shut up. Shut up with that. <laughs> you take the entry. It, yeah, then, and, and you're the one. And if something goes wrong with the horse, that's your fault, too. This isn't some, you know, I don't expect them to know the, the soundness level of every horse in the barn area. But if a horse hadn't run five years. Yeah, a common sense needs to take over. Exactly. But there's other horses. There's horses that shouldn't be running. It's just the truth. It's the truth. Which is crazy why someone wouldn't want to hire you as a consultant is beyond me, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> I might be afraid of what I might say. Well, that's, that's what they need. Honestly, you know, they need somebody in that room telling them, Hey, pump your brakes. This may not be such a good idea. It's weird because tracks operate strangely. If a big trainer comes in, let me just explain to people how this operates. A trainer needs the racetrack more than the racetrack needs the trainer. Every big trainer when I was a kid is dead. Every one of them. And guess what? They're still racing. If all if the top 10 trainers in America all got abducted by aliens, and they probably send them back after too short of a period, but if they all got abducted by aliens, Racing would probably be better off. No offense to them guys. <laughs> Split up their horses, more competition. I mean, it just is. It's 
it's silly because they 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 spend a lot of time bossing around the people that don't have anything, that aren't in a position of of any, you know, that 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 wind up they wind up squeezing those people to death where where they have nothing, and then they wonder where people where they go. But take control of your racing program. But you know, by the same token. If people run, if a trainer wants to run a horse that, that shouldn't be running, just tell them no. N O, no chances. And if you're a trainer and you have a horse that's been out for three years, you know what? I'll say it right to your face. Any of you, that horse shouldn't be in training in 2021. It shouldn't. It's too long. There's too much risk. If anything happens, and and you should get you you should get abused for it. You deserve it. I don't care if the horse was in your backyard and your daughter galloped and all that. I don't care. There comes a time where this business just cannot take chances. It just you have to play the odds. You have to play the odds. But so often, Barry. People just go back to that business as usual, but it's not. It's a different world. Like that thing that happened to Belterra 30 years ago never happens. Of course, probably breaks down, <coughs> but nobody knows because nobody gives a shit about Belterra. I don't care about Belterra. I really don't. I don't care if Belterra closes or stays open. Whatever. It, it, they don't care about racing there. Right? They're a minor league slot track. And that doesn't mean that the horsemen there. Uh, a lot of them are good, you know, good citizens. They're trying hard, work hard, do the best they can. I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking about management. They don't care. Stetton did the 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 piece about the horses getting claimed out there going to Puerto Rico. It's really not that difficult to stop these things. Yeah, I was gonna say that that one seems like it's simple. Pass pass a house rule. You don't even need a house rule. Call the guy in. You're the racing secretary. I was a twenty one year old racing secretary and I called guys in. They didn't like it, but that's what they got what they got. <laughs> so this is the way it is. You're claiming horses and you're sending them to Puerto Rico. Well, every horse you claim, that's one less horse in, in your system, number one. And number two, we, we've seen that there's a lot of issues with the, the, the shipping methods. So this is something that, that the track should be on top of. But are they on top of it? No, they're not on top of it. They're not on top of it. Because who knows? Maybe <clears throat> who knows who gets an envelope here and there? Look the other way. And the people that complain are the people that wind up getting... Um, the book thrown at them. They wind up being the bad guys, which is wrong, which is absolutely 100% wrong. And this has never been that big of an issue for the industry because it's not one that affects the big tracks very much. You don't see guys claiming horses uh, for 25000 and sending them overseas, right? They're not looking for those type of horses. So a lot of times in horse racing, if it doesn't happen at the big tracks, nobody really cares. But the horse slaughter issue, the you know the the, the shipping of horses uh, in in containers that they shouldn't be shipping in, the just the general uh, ethical 
a moral dilemma that, that, that has, you know, been exposed, people need to pay attention. And like I said, mo- most people who work on the racetrack, they like horses, they care about horses, they don't want to see bad things happen to horses. And there's always that element. But you got to stand up to them. And, and management, it's up to you. You're the ones that have to do something about it. I'm telling you. In the old days, the Kenny knows, the Howard Battles, Lenny Hales, those guys were in charge of the backside. Trainers weren't in charge. They were in charge. They were in charge. And the game was better because of it. It wasn't perfect. Some of the stuff they, they, they probably wanted to do, maybe not. It's a little bit, it's a different game. There's definitely a different game, but But if you think a guy's doing wrong, just get rid of him. Now that alienated about two thirds of raising. <laughs> Only? I don't care. It's the well, truth. Right. The truth. That's what I mean. It'd be one thing if you were <clears throat> just spouting nonsense or something that's going against the game but in the end what you're saying and and what you're trying to get out there will make it better for everyone and possibly put it in a better place than we are now which we need and unlike a lot of people that just spout off on social media no i walked the walk i had a horse breakdown in a race in 15 years a little bit of it's luck, right? But you know what a lot of it is? A lot of it is not just just being doing your due diligence and being careful and, and not pushing horses and not taking chances and not looking the other way. And when it when the gray area starts to seep in to the the non gray area, do something about it. And I know trainers, a lot of trainers are like that. And, and, and I'll be honest, they, they don't get rewarded for that. They really don't. I mean, they can sleep at night. Maybe. But a lot of the trainers, that, that you know, they justify it. They look <laughs> the other way. It's the truth. And, and, and we all know who we're talking about. The trainers, they know. The owners know. A lot of the owners know. They It's it's a competitive game. People want to win. We get it. But there's nothing wrong with winning the right way. There's nothing wrong with winning the right way. It should be it should feel better that way. And in the end, I agree. If you have multiple medication violations, you can't keep saying, "Well, Right. There's, there's got to be that line drawn where it's like, all right, well, how much of this is bad luck or the dog didn't just keep eating. Your right. Head. Exactly. You know. But you know what? Just get rid of them, people. Take their stalls. Cut their stalls back. That's the thing I would do. If I was right, because that's the easiest thing to do, <laughs> I would just cut their stalls. Guys started pissing me off, started doing stuff that that wasn't in the best interests of. I would just start whittling them down making life more difficult because that's 
that is the real currency of a horse trainer. Stalls. You have somewhere to put the horses. You have violation, you lose five stalls. Two violations, you lose 10 stalls. You have three violations, you lose 15 stalls. The horses aren't going to be retired. And, and if you're another person and, and you're caught in cahoots with this person, then you get suspended too. <laughs> That's the other right. thing. Simple. Simple. And, and we've talked about you know the difficulty of transferring a barn for 15 days. It makes just, just logistically, it makes no sense. It's not good for the horses. But, um, you know, take control of the business. Take control. Do, do what you can do. And I'll commend Goldstream Park for, for taking the, the gap between the racing commission, which doesn't exist, and, and them, the house rules, and, and doing something with them. And hopefully they'll continue to you know, push that envelope and, and go further. Uh, and I understand um, that there are legal issues in other states because a racing commission with rules exists in florida that kind of doesn't exist so the track can sort of uh you know fill in for the you know have, have regulations that don't supersede the, the commission's regulations because they don't have any um so it's a little bit of a unique situation but there's other things that you can do you just have to you just have to want to do it i mean if you're if your leading trainer is not allowed to to run at other tracks in the you know the the same geographical area that that's got to, you know, you got to ask the question, Hey, what are we doing? What are we doing here? It's your fault. See, that's why we need you to, to go back to training or being consultant. You know, training is is just, it's not getting any easier. And I talk to trainers a lot, right, all the time. And it's not that it's a whole lot different than it ever was, but it's like the problems have gotten bigger, like the same problem has gotten bigger than um you know, as we take regulations and make them stricter, well, most therapeutic medications are being given to the horse because the horse got an issue of some sort. And this idea that, oh, you just turn them out, that's if a horse has got an issue that's going to heal with being turned out. But like a filly that ties up, that's not going to, you know, maybe you get to a point where you need to, to turn them out. And I turned out plenty of horses. I gave horses plenty of time. And a lot of times, all you're doing is delaying the inevitable. They, they, you turn them out for three months, they bring them back, and they're great for a month, and then the same problems start cropping up again. And I'm not talking about, like, problems that are going to cause the horse to break down or, um, you know, cause the horse to be non-competitive. But horses have problems. It's just the way it is. You know, I mean, they're physical athletes. They're 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 going really, really fast. They have big bodies and little legs. What we ask them to do is not really a natural thing. They're starting from a 
a standstill in a metal gate and then they're running around a turn as fast as they can go with with 115 pound guys on them right i mean that's that's not like horses weren't horses in a field would never do that (laughs) you know hey let's get guys to ride us and we'll you know make sharp left-hand turns (laughs) and there's a place for uh modern medicine there is there's lots of things that, that uh, ulcer medications are, are probably the the one thing since I started when I was a kid to now that really is beneficial for horses. And you can make this, no matter what I say, there's going to be somebody out there who's like, well, yeah, but we saw a study and if horses on ulcer medication for 13 consecutive months and this starts happening and this starts happening and yeah, we get that, right? Nothing is perfect. But horses had ulcers, and now a lot of them don't have ulcers, right? So we identified the problem, and we treated it. And a lot of times, once they don't have ulcers, then you can cut back or you can change to something, um, um, a maintenance, uh, some, you know, maintenance routine, maybe something holistic that, that works. Um, so there's, there's just, different ways of doing things there's so much more that that's out there the the digital x-rays have really were a game changer um you know the the x-rays are so much better than they used to be they used to look like cumulus clouds right (laughs) i mean you would look at an x-ray and they'd be fuzzy and and now they're precise and you can see everything and um, you know, there's MRIs. I saw a horse today, uh, American Courage, the trial, the, the real fast three year pacer. He's going to miss the rest of the year. He's got bone bruising in his foot. And they found that out through an MRI. Well, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, before that, we wouldn't have been able to diagnose that. So they might have treated it different. They might have thought it was a bruise. They might have thought it was. Um, you know, laminitis. I might have thought it was a lot of different things. So there is a lot of good that good that happens with um, with modern medicine. And I, and I hate to see people just you know act like horses should be these uh, organic creatures that never you know never have any issues. And if anything crops up, well, just just stick them in a field and everything will get better. It's just it's just not that's just not the way. That's just not the, that's just not feasible. And in some cases, it's not even good for the horse. I was going to say, sometimes the, the quick fix isn't the right one. <laughs> Never, usually. Anyways, you got anything else, man? No, man. I think, you know, we're in, we're in the holding pattern now after this first weekend at Keeneland. Um, until we get to the uh, to the Breeders' Cup, which isn't that far away, my man. Three weeks. I'm ready. I'm ready. Any changes to your top nine in the Breeders' Cup Classic? No. <laughs> Everybody looks the same. Maybe give or take the happy saver. Because he probably won't run. But other than that, no. I saw some others out there. Top ten lists, and 
saw some interesting, you know, people with Hot Rod Charlie up above Medina Spirit. I have moved above it. Yeah. I don't like Medina Spirit at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't like him at all. I'm telling you. That was your man, though. It's going to be a preakness for him. When he hits the top of the stretch, he's going to be going backwards. I don't know, man. I don't even know who the hell is going to win. But I, I know the one <clears> thing <throat> is not going to be Medina Spirit. I, I can see no scenario where he wins the race. I'm going to go back and record this. You can, yeah. I, I, I've been very proud <laughs> of everyone I've spoken about the race. I don't like him at all. The only reason I didn't put him ninth instead of seventh was because I didn't want to look like a total moron. But, <laughs> but um, I can see Hot Rod Charlie winning the race if there's a pace meltdown that he's not involved with. Because I don't think he's going to be on the pace. I really don't. That would mean too many things w- would have to go wrong for a few horses for Hot Rod Charlie to win. Put it this way. If... If essential quality just would not if, have if Hot Rod Charlie and Essential Quality hook up and Hot Rod Charlie has the has a, a length kind of um a derby scenario where, where essential quality is four wide and hot rod charlie's two wide and hot rod charlie gets the jump on him, I could see him holding him off. No way. I could see him holding him off. I can't. I can see it. He owns those those horses, those three year olds. But then you got to get over the the Knicks go train <laughs> that's unstoppable. It's just amazing how that horse gets the perfect setup every time, and nobody even tries to run with him. I think that's the part that's frustrating the most. You know, it'll be interesting that what we're see what Rosario does if he just doesn't gun him and try to open up like four, right? And and then like to totally discourage anyone from trying to run with him because he has that type of speed. I mean, hell, he went, what he did in the Pegasus, he, he went forty four and, and and changed last year around the turn. And I know Keeneland's track was wicked fast that day, but still, slow it down a second, forty five and change around a turn. I mean, that's going to shake everybody. And, you know, will that be his tactic to just kind of open up and, and discourage any of the other speed horses from, uh, you know, trying to get lapped on him and maybe have them start worrying about position against themselves, you know, kind of like, hey, we're not going to go 45 and change to the half and get in a speed duel with this horse and set it up for someone else. <laughs> because, uh, or, or will he you know, try to maintain like the two length or length and a half lead where, where maybe somebody gets, you know, maybe Pratt says, you know what, screw this, I'm going to press him. Well, I would think going longer that having that bigger cushion would be better. You know what I mean? Just in case he tires. <laughs> oh, there's a long run to the turn, too. I mean, it, yeah, there's it's a... going to be a, a long, um, a long run to the uh to the first turn so it's not as though like it's starting on a on a turn and uh like like the mile and a 16th races would so i think in the end if nicks go and get the mile and a quarter i think he's going to be really tough to beat 
you know, the question is, can he get the mile and a quarter? I don't know. Maybe he can't. I'm sure he can under the right scenario. You know, if he slows it down enough early, it won't even affect him, I wouldn't think, late. Well, by that time, we will know what the track is like, right? True, true. We should have a decent idea of how it's playing by that time over those two days. There's Yeah, I don't I don't expect to see what we saw last year. Seven track records over two. Yeah. I, I don't think that's happening. No. But it's probably gonna be fast. <laughs> like quicker than usual. It's a fascinating race. It really is because, you know, the fact that the same trainer trains <laughs> the two favorites and, you know, they, they kind of have um, a little bit different running styles, but one of them you know, has, looks like he's the speed of the speed. It just is a, it's really an interesting race. It's a lot more interesting than last year's race. Yes. Where, where it was like, hey, if no one presses authentic, we know we can get a mile and a quarter, you know. So if no one presses them, and it didn't look like anyone could press them, and they didn't, then it was kind of like over. But, uh, you know, we don't know if, if Nick Scope can get the mile and a quarter. We don't know. And, I mean, there's, there's really no reason he shouldn't. Like you said, if he gets um, a decent scenario, if he's just not like – Super rank. That's the other thing is, is you know, might he get rank um, if he tries to take a hold of the... I don't know. I think it's going to be a good race. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good race, actually. But it just, it's it's that first... Or the, actually, the, yeah, the first first quarter is really going to make the whole difference in the race. Because if somebody even latches on a little bit <laughs> to uh, Nick's go, could spell some some problems and create a lot of chaos behind them. You know, because there's there's quite a few horses that can finish, and you know, and that that brings like a horse like Max Player into the fold a lot more than. Then you would really give him credit for. I mean, he's kind of been the the underdog, <laughs> and he's he's definitely in the best form he's ever been. So you kind of have to give him a second look. And you know, I, I gather behind Nick's go, everybody's going to be around the same price. I you saw uh, Mike Dempsey put up the odds from somewhere. Um. <laughs> Had Maxfield at twenty to one, so I'm, not, I'm no big fan of Maxfield, but twenty to one—that seems outrageous. If you get yeah, twenty, I'll, I'll take a little. I'll, I'll bet him. I'll one. bet him at twenty to one. He's not that bad. I mean, granted, he—he's kind of doing like the Max uh, Max Player did last year. He kind of—he kind of—he's been running like Max Player did, you know, previously. They kind of like switch spots. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, like this is definitely a a a riders race, and B it's very interesting. Um, how it's going to be bet behind Nick's go. I mean, I wouldn't gather Nick's go isn't going to be like this huge favorite 
Um, I would say he's probably going to be more lukewarm, like nine to five ish, if not two to one, which is a good price on a horse like that. <laughs> because there's, you know, there's always that possibility where he just runs them off their feet and they can't catch him and yep. nobody shows up. And that happens a lot around him. So get two to one on that is not a bad thing either. So it's going to be real interesting to see um, a, what the track is going to be playing before that race, obviously, and how they're going to bet everybody else. I mean, it looks like it's going to be Nick's go essential quality one, two in the betting, but you know, I've seen a lot of hot rod Charlie's theme. So Central Quality could be third choice. I don't think so. I, I think there's a better but chance of him possible. Yeah, you know, his his lines look awful good. <laughs> Stellar. Um and and there's so much bet in these races. I mean, that's the thing, is, is these races are there's more money um outside of like the Kentucky Derby, right? There's more money on the Breeders' Cup races, um, you know, with the Classic being the final race, than you normally would see. So, One thing I do wish was rectified, changed, altered, time between races, man. Oh, God. Don't get me started on that. I know it's a big day, and I know they want to accumulate all the money, but damn. 45 minutes? It's it's a lot. That's rough, bro. It, it is a lot. Especially I find myself, in- like, trying to figure out what to do. You know, because, yeah. you know, all the handicapping's done. I, I, I typically, yeah. for wind me, up betting made my decisions tracks. already. <laughs> That's what you wind up doing. <laughs> wind up betting other tracks. <laughs> no, I can't do that either. You know, actually, one of the times I had uh, – I think it was when Artie Schiller won. I don't know what year that was. Was it 2003, 2002? Something like that. I was at Mohegan Sun. And I basically was, you know, kind of doing other things between races and didn't miss a beat. Yeah. It, it is It is long. I mean, You know, even at the track, you have so many people now that bet on their phones and bet, you know, through an account that, uh, you know, the lines shouldn't be as long as they as they used to be. <clears throat> yeah, right. But I think the last time I was at the track for everybody wants to bet the last two minutes anyway. So it's like. Yeah, you have two hours between races. Everyone still wouldn't want to bet at the last minute. But you know what? They sell a lot more shirts and hats and t-shirts and hot dogs and beers and sodas and stuff. I get it. I mean, it's annoying, but uh, I mean, you know. I think the last time I was on track for a Breeders' Cup was oh nine Zenyatta on the synthetic. Right? That was oh nine, right? Or was that yeah. That was 2009. It was when I was at the Palm Beach Greyhound track, basically, is where it was. Yeah, 
and I saw a fight while, you know, I was just sitting at a poker table. It was pretty, pretty enjoyable. I mean, it was, it was uh, one for the record books in, in terms of entertainment value because there was so much going on between everybody talking smack about Zenyatta not winning. You know, this is pre-race hype. Um, and then the, the constant fights in the poker room. <laughs> it was just, it was one of those let it ride type moments. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the poker room fights. Man. Nothing better than that. Oh, yeah. Tonight, Pollock put a story out tonight. Four trainers have combined to win 41% of the grade one races around North America this year. Tell me there's no problem. Asmussen, Baffert, Chad Brown, and Brad Cox won 41% of the grade one races in North half. America. Half. Dude, half. Literally. If, if, you, throw, if you throw uh, Mr. Pletcher in, you, you get up to 48%. Crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Right, and it's like the other guys win by accident or flu. And it's not their fault. No, it isn't. I mean, it's, every, it's essentially everyone else's fault. When you have no rules, <laughs> you know, when you have no rules, why do you expect like things not to get carried away? If you had no speed limits on the highways, do you think everyone would drive 65? Well, that's the thing. And it's, you know, listen, it's far too late in the show to like get into this but um <laughs> we'll save that one that's, that's next week's show 50 percent, man that's rough bro that that's like that's that's a huge gut punch to like any trainer that has like you know less than 20 horses and even some with more than that but i was just given a number but any of the smaller type outfits that's got to be a huge gut punch. It's like, how how can I win? It's like, uh, how am I supposed to do this? And then it's like, how am I supposed to get better horses? No, that, and that's the thing. Well, and what happens is you get people are, are are tricked into thinking that it's the trainers. It's not the trainers, the horses. It's the horses. They're not, they're great trainers, no doubt. But they couldn't win shit without good horses. And they know it. They may delude themselves into thinking it's them, but it's not. It's not. Nobody can win. No trainer can win with bad horses. Just like no football coach can win with bad players. You just can't. And what happens is everyone thinks that only these guys can train horses because they're the ones winning the races, but they're the only ones that, that get the horses. And and it's like self-fulfilling prophecy, right? They just keep giving them more horses and they keep winning the races. And it just like it, it backs that theory. Oh, they're the only ones that quote-unquote know how to win the races when it's just not true they're just better horses there are races like the kentucky derby right that yes it is an outlier race it's a completely different race than anything a horse will ever have to do before right a mile and a quarter first week in may on the derby like there's like no other races that we really run the belmont too to an extent but like the, those races, other than that, like all the other grade one races, they're just races. Right? They're just races. 
the <laughs> spinster. It's just a horse race. It's a mile and an eighth horse race at Keeneland. If you have a really good horse, you'll probably win it. There's no there's no training techniques there. Say, well, you know, I got this training technique that that, that causes me to be able to win mile and an eighth. <laughs> it's like a uh, race to Keeneland. It's it's just a, it's just a race. And the, the horses. The difference between a grade one race and a grade three race is better horses win grade one race. <laughs> it's like a advertisement for a strength shoe. Like, yeah, you do this. You know, I got the system. <laughs> guys are really good trainers. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, but but there's a lot of guys. If you gave them a, a, a similar opportunity, they would do really well. As, as true, you know, as, as well. It's it's not like <laughs> it's not like there's some huge secret that only they know. The secret is getting good horses. And Somehow they've not con- screwing them up. Somehow they they've convinced the masses though that that's how it is. You know, I mean, you know, conventional wisdom would tell you, hey, well, you got ten guys that do the same thing. You give one guy all the best horses, they're gonna win more. <laughs> of course, um, you know. I guess it, it's it's hard to understand any kind of ineptitude with lower or smaller outfits because they don't ever get shots to do anything. Look, look, look at Charlie Whittingham, right? Charlie Whittingham was a better trainer than anybody that's alive today. He just was. He was a better trainer. It was a different game, but, you know. He didn't go to the Derby for 25, 30 years. He said, I'm not going to Derby unless I think I can win. And you have guys now that are in the Derby every year. Every year. It's not even about being in the Derby. It's how many are they going to have in the Derby? Two, three, four. And that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. It's It just is. And a lot of it, too, is, is that you have these partnerships of instead of having uh, 75 owners all trying to win the derby you have <clears throat> you have 30 owners trying to win a derby and then you have or, or 25 trying to win a derby and then you got 50 of them that are all you know partners with other ones it's economic i know that but it's a uh, it's a change that that hasn't hasn't been a good one it's been it's been bad but but it's it's, it's a crazy number it really is a crazy number because this is a big country Right. I mean, this isn't like we have um, one circuit, you know, Honda, right. <laughs> where they race two days a week, nine months a year. That's it. You know, there's there's no other you know, there's, there's no other West Coast, East Coast, Central. That's an insane stat, man. That's 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 outrageous. Five guys win 50 percent of the races, grade one races. And, and we haven't even, you know, the, we haven't even been run the Breeders' Cup. Got it. You toss in the the euros that come over and win. They're, they don't even train here. Talk about making it tough. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, it's been great as always. Oh yeah! Don't forget! Don't forget to to make your. Uh... Your picks in your fantasy, in our fantasy league. When is that? When that is nobody that? cares about. When is that? When, when uh, is that draft? I think you got to make them by the 17th. 
I don't even know who who's eligible for me to have for keepers yet because everybody yeah, else has, so has yeah, major picks. I haven't. I haven't made mine. I'm going to make mine this weekend. I'm an expansion team, man. I yeah, get, but you got a good you got a good base. Are they let, do, I, I, do I get to keep Luca? Yeah, why not? Oh, Luca is a man. Right. I think you I think you're eligible to keep him. I mean, they're not going to disperse your team. Hope not. You still have your your solid core there, but I think you you'll be able to to choose from the yeah. best rest after everybody picks their keepers. Hey, if there's anyone out there that's in the league, John Wall is available. Dude. If you send me three Twinkies and a six-pack of Sprite, I will give you John Wall. Oh, by the way, Ben Simmons uh, supposedly is going to uh, be practicing with the Sixers tomorrow. (laughs) Of course he was. (laughs) Soft. He wasn't going to hold out or do anything. That's a, that's a lot of money to be. <laughs> right. Hey, come on, bro. That's, that's a like lot a of money. Thing too with the with the uh, the shot. Hey, he, he already cost him. It already got uh, cost him a million bucks. So that's a lot of money, man. Even for guys that got money, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know he he's gonna be at practice. Yeah. How hard is he gonna play is another story. Andre Drummond's gonna hold him, and then Beeb's gonna hit him. <laughs> <sighs> oh God. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's totally oh, excited. Yeah. They're gonna get, they're gonna get fantasy basketball updates every week. <laughs> Yeah, on how I beat you and Christofek. That's all I care about. <laughs> You're just gunning for us. Yep. You'll, you'll, just... you'll, you'll run us off the ground or off the road. But, but when Jim Miller was in it, he was he was on the he was on the hit list too. Oh, man. When Marcus Hirsch was in it, he was on the hit list too. Although he he was actually pretty good all the time. So no, it's just you and Joey. Gunning for you too. If, I, if I'm four zero against you guys, I don't care what place I get. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I do have to get rid of John Wall though. Yeah, forget that guy and Kyrie too. <laughs> I don't have him, but Kyrie's gonna sit out. See, Kyrie's a little bit stronger mentally than than Simmons. Which is crazy to say, but it's true. I I believe Kyrie when he says he's going to sit out the whole year. I believe that. Kyrie will do it just because... It, just because he's an idiot. It, it, yeah, I mean, he'll do it just to piss everybody off. Right. You don't care. <clears throat> Simmons needs that kid. He, need, he needs those checks. Yeah, he can't. I, th- I think his agent probably told him, listen, bro, they ain't giving you away. <laughs> they, ain't, they ain't trading you for Buddy Heald, man. <laughs> ain't, that ain't happening. <laughs> you know? So you, here's your two choices. You sit out and you lose $34 million or you play and, you know, at some point maybe something will, will break open and, and uh, you know, you'll at the very least make $34 million. And are they going to boo you? Yes, you're going to be booed, but uh, you're still uh-huh. going to make $34 million. Rudolph would like that Buddy Heald trade. 
<laughs> yeah, who wouldn't? But uh, yeah, did you see the one, the first press conference? They have the first press conference. <laughs> they asked Buddy Hield, "Hey, how did it feel when you thought you were getting traded to the Lakers?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and was it Tristan Thompson said to the reporter? You can't ask that question. It's the like, what do you know? <laughs> like, it's like, the first day, bro. Team, man, you, you can't ask him about that. What's he supposed to say? Uh, I would have laughed, honestly. I would have like, journalism is dead, man. It's dead. It's D E A D. <laughs> Even in something as silly as basketball, it's like bang. That's great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess I better check out. I, and that, now I'll be up till two o'clock this morning sifting through the the uh, the players, see who I can pick up on the cheap. See who's going to be the sixth man for the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> oh yeah that that's the that's i think the hardest part you know obviously you know figure like the top 20 guys they're all gonna do their thing how come we never really well i guess we don't do it because they never run but we should we should be able to have fancy horse racing people do that take one of the five trainers you can only pick one of the five Right, and a horse. The only bad part about five the horse and thing and is they don't run enough. <laughs> the list. No, they don't run enough. Horses don't run enough. Or jockeys. I guess you can do jockeys. Jockeys would be the, the flex. You know what I mean? Because they're they're always riding. All right, but it's always the same five or six guys. No, you get to chart it. Twelve to one. Should, should get the hundred on a charge. He only rides one horse in the stakes, and it always wins. <laughs> Seriously, that guy looks good. Why? Why doesn't he ride? Like, where does he ride? Right? I don't even know. I've seen him show up at places, you know, every now and then. But is he is he still like commuting from France or something? I, I don't know. Hmm. But he. he I know one thing. He rides that horse good. Good. Yeah. They better not take him off. Nah. You two stakes in a row on him. I don't think they're taking him off. They nah. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen worse. Well, we've done enough damage for the week. Yeah. We certainly won't be invited to any. Uh, no, but you know, parties. I I will be in New Orleans on Saturday. All right, man. Going to visit uh, my son at a school, and uh, going to get some of that uh, Creole cuisine, my friend. You know, there's places that people talk about, like. You got to have this food at this place, or you got to have this food in that place. Well, I'm open for suggestions. I haven't been since 94. There are so many good places there. It's like 
you can't go wrong. Huh? And it, and it's not even the fancy places; it's the little hole in the wall places. They're so good. I mean, <laughs> no lie, the two years I went there, <laughs> I probably gained <laughs> twenty pounds every every winter. <laughs> well, we're starting the day off getting some beignets, so that's that's a must. And then from there, I don't know what we're gonna do. It's uh, it's an amazing it's amazing in that uh, in that sense. It really is. There's so many great places. So I sneak over to Fairgrounds. Trying. See what's going on over there. Yeah. Why not? Put your name in the hat for the job that they still can't fill because they want to pay like slave wages. Two dollars. <laughs> I, mean, I would definitely do. I would. I would have thought about something like that if I knew it paid okay, but it doesn't. They can't. They, they can. They can pay it by the winner. Yeah. Well, I do that anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> you do that without working, right? Yeah, I probably make more money. Than they- than they could give me right now. Yeah, that's 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 definitely true. And unlike Australia, you get paid on time. No delay in payment. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good time, and uh, I'm sure Amber will keep you. Uh, yeah, it's my my pre Breeders' Cup vacation. There you go. You're you're schooling, right? School in the paddock. I like it. All right, my man. Have, have right. a good time, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. And thank everyone. Thank you for listening. We uh, we're always interested in feedback. Uh, going in circles podcast at gmail or hit us up on on Twitter or if you haven't blocked us. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. I wanted to let you know that we have a weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to for free, the Going in Circles Digest. It's kind of a combination newsletter, stakes preview. Um, We have some uh, restaurant reviews on there, various topics, but uh, we also have a couple um, pieces about various uh, industry topics or racing history. This last week we did a piece on the great Arazi and his spectacular move in the 1991 Breeders' Cup Juvenile which uh, unfortunately was the the pinnacle of his career but um, it's a free subscription go to goingincirclesdigest.substack.com dot com and check it out all right the going in circles digest thanks for listening pleasant acre farms located just outside ocala florida is a full service commercial breeding operation that has one of the top stallion rosters in the sunshine state standing 10 horses including sons of top sires such as curlin harlan's holiday unbridled song scat daddy canthros and twirling candy, you'll be sure to find a great match for your mare at Pleasant Acres. Owned and operated by consummate professionals, Joe and Helen Barbazon, they provide clients with world-class services in all facets of the thoroughbred industry. 
Their commitment to quality is what allows Pleasant Acre Farms to pursue their passion for breeding champions. Check out their website at PleasantAcreStallions.com or call 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Farms. Hey everyone, welcome to the Big Monday Show. This is the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My name is Charles Simon. My co-host, CZ Barry Spears, will be with us in just a few minutes. We had the final round of Breeders' Cup preps run this weekend. We'll go over those. A couple nice betting opportunities came up. Talk about that a little bit. uh, uh, About some other things, too. Check it out. 